Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You bring people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yep. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm sure somebody's written that one. Pounder with cheese in France, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Boy, ale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my. my progeny to you of a mighty marvel beast <laughs> <laughs> but neil adams is somewhere going mm, it's, it's my time uh, <laughs> how do you measure success hey everyone and welcome to superhero speak i'm your host dave and i'm john i think you measure success in meters if you're in the uk or is it stones i think you can measure it in stones if it has like mass like, if it's a massive success, you could say it weighs like 16 stone. Do you have a name? I forget. JD, I guess. <laughs> this is what happens when we change the schedule. All right. I have, so I have right never now, been more unprepared for a show than I am right now. I, I feel right I am, at home. So. <laughs> right now, I'm hearing the sound of about 20 nerds screaming out, because that's about what we get live, that they can't comment. They Way can to comment bury right the show, now. Dave. Way to bury the show. <laughs> comment. But we're not live, technically, to, to react. Yes. That's um, right. You won't have us to yell at now. <laughs> as you are watching this, we are streaming it at our normal time, but I am at one of my best friend's 50th birthday parties, so we had to pre-record this week. Oh, you made... Wait a minute. Didn't we talk about this? You're... Yes, last week, and yet now you two are acting like we didn't talk about it. <laughs> we talked about it, but it was a moral dilemma, not a let's change the schedule dilemma. I it, or it just never occurred no, to me. You, like you, I, you, I get tired on that late on Sunday nights. I'm gonna need to I, keep recording everything and use it against you later. Yeah, it's too bad we don't have that recording. So you could show us that we, <laughs> that we agreed to that. So how is everyone doing, John? How are you? I'm just ducky. I am like. It's nice outside. Did, you um, auto, did your mouth get autocorrected on that one? Did you, meant to, did you mean to say something else? <laughs> no. That's a joke. No. You, you write the F word, the autocorrected duck. Sometimes. Uh, oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. No, I tend to autocorrect in my brain. That's it, what I was saying. It get translated. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was the joke, my friend. Yes, I'm sorry. And there's how, I, here's how I am. Jokes? What are those? And it's like, no. Humor, We're off. What is this thing? <laughs> We're off tonight. It's not going to. Yeah. It's just going to be. It's not going to go. This is just not even close. Yeah, no, it's just, it's nice outside, which means, oh, great. It's the weekend. So what happens? We're going to have a rainstorm tomorrow. But yeah, yeah, work is work. I got a new guy starting next week. So I get to train another newbie and my team has finally doubled from two to four people. So I'm, I'm about a 10th of the way to the number of people I actually need. (laughs) We might talk about this later, considering one of our topics, but yeah, just nothing really doing. Just existing at this point. I started looking at Aeon Timeline again. My 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 manuscript. Uh-huh. I'm I got to do this. Okay. Good for you. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> what well, I've been talking about this for years. And, yeah. But 
I don't know, like I'm getting older and it's, it's just getting more and more of a thing with every time I wake every day I you know, wake up and I'm like, why haven't I worked on this? Time's just going the, by too fast. The weird thing is I was actually talking about you and your book last night. Oh, no wonder I got nervous and excited. I was just wondering, like, like, you haven't talked about it in a while. I was wondering where it was. I've been, to be, if you want to open up here a little bit, I've been playing that that game for a while now, the Raid Shadow Legends. Yeah. And it's, I've spent too much money on it. And the only way to <laughs> not spend money on it, because I'm an OCD, I'm the exact person they want to put in this, what's called a Bernoulli box, right? It's the kind of psychological thing that they use to design games in order to get people like me to spend money and not yes. be able to stop. So I stopped cold Turkey and I'm like, what am I going to do with all the time? I'm like, I'm looking for another game. I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't accomplish anything. And I, over the last couple of months, I've started writing more notes again for the characters and the settings. So figure, God damn it. So I started, I opened up, yeah, I updated Scrivener and uh, an Aeon timeline. They now work together, which is really nice. You can have them both open at the same time and cross-reference and uh, start looking at it again. All right. Awesome. What about you, JD? So we had a half day at school today, which was nice. Nobody does anything on half days. The kids are checked out. Teachers are oh, checked yeah. out. So I had basically free days. So I was like working on my <laughs> book during like my passing, during my plan period. And it occurred to me, I'm like, because this is the same I've been working on for a while now. And I looked at it, and I'm like, I'm sick of this book. I just want the book gnomes <laughs> to come and finish this so I can move on with my life. I've reached the phase. That's how you know the book's almost done, is when you hate the fucking book. Oh, God. Is that how that works? Yes, 100%. You Th- love... Thanks for the pep talk to finish my... <laughs> is, you love when it's... when it's, 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 When you have something new and creative, like created in your brain, when it is this year, it's like perfect. You love mm-hmm. it. You're excited about it. You get that first draft done and you're like, all right, I feel like I've gotten something accomplished. And then you go back and edit and you're like, shit, I got some work to do. And then you get your first set of notes and you're like, oh man, they're right. And you're fixing it. And then you get to the point where you're like, it's better. It's a lot better. But God, I'm so sick of this book. So that's when you know it's just about ready. When you'd rather kill somebody than work on your book. That sounds like good advice. There was a a thing on NPR a couple of days ago where they were talking to some composer and they said the few few really good pieces that they've come up with, this composer, was when he was under pressure and he created something he thought he didn't like it and it turned out to be big. So you never know, man. No, you never know. You don't. You got it. You're... You got to set deadlines. You have to sit because this thing is some people will just Robert Rodriguez had this theory about making a film or doing anything creative like to the he would compare it to a sculptor. And eventually you need the clay so much that it turns into mud. So you don't want to it's never going to be perfect in your mind. You just have to accept the fact that you've created something real and real things aren't perfect. I think I've said this before when I was in bands and we would like get together and start writing songs and we'd have ideas and we'd keep playing around with them. And then I'd finally, one of us would be like, all right, we're going to set this date to go to the studio and record them. So then you set a deadline. You've got to finish writing these songs. Mm-hmm. You can't just, yeah, keep screwing around with them. Yeah. And look at look at Alan Moore. He hates everything he ever did. And... <laughs> that's that's hey, about mm-hmm. right, too. He, in fact, does hate everything he ever did. I went to the comic book store for the first time in a while. So yeah. I was waiting for pizza and I bought some comics. I decided I was going to read the DC Dark Crisis thing. I'm like, they have seven issues to get me back and being a weekly reader. Let's see if and? they can pull it off. I don't know. I just bought them. I haven't read them uh, yet. My plan uh, was to read it for tonight, and I came home and found out we had to do a podcast. So it derailed me a bit. I did I see a pretty good show have... last night. I did see a pretty good show last night. Oh, Dave, what? how about you? How was your week? Pretty good. Actually, a side note, 
I have heard the current run on Amazing Spider-Man is completely awful from somebody I trust. So who's writing right now? Oh yeah, well, I just yeah, yeah, okay. I'm done. I'm out. I'm that. <laughs> who's writing it? Zeb Wells. That's like him and Mary Jane feel the same way about each other. You feel about a sister because we've all yeah. yeah. Oh dear. That's I'm like, like the whole crux, crux of the storyline right now. Okay, so I have no interest in it. Yeah. I just haven't. I haven't enjoyed a Spider-Man. I actually, I like. I really, I really like Dan Slots. I know you, you're not a fan. I like Dan Slott's run on Spider-Man. I really liked Chip Zdarsky's run on Spider-Man. And I heard he's running yeah. Batman now. I heard his Batman's pretty good. So eventually I'm going to have to fly. I'm going to try to ease myself back into DC and see where I go from there. Yeah, I like Zdarsky as well. Yeah, he's um, good. So how about I? A pretty typical week. We're ramping up on a project that I they've been threatening for like a year now. We're actually like in the beginning stages of planning the work. But here's an interesting thing, and it's a, this is a complete non sequitur, but I wanted to bring it up. I don't Did know. If, go? No, I don't know if this is, I don't know, John, if you've run into this yet, but now that like OpenAI is a thing and ChatGPT, oh, and God, no. they, they have all, APIs. All like, the execs they are agog of it at work. Right. right. They want to integrate wanna... that into our some of our software. And it's GPT like, took our jobs. And I'm like, why? What's it going to do? Especially because JetGPT isn't really AI. It's a predictive text model. Yeah, but, but people like, are using it to write their exact, term exact. papers. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a whole, it, that's a whole geeky thing that I'm not going to get into. But because they're talking about using it at work, of course, I got interested and started playing around with it. Anyone who knows anything about JetGPT is they put like all the information from the internet into it up to a certain point. And it's a learning library. So you ask, you talk to it and ask questions and it like remembers stuff and builds like this giant library. So out of curiosity. It builds a memory. Yeah. Now I will say this. It's weird because the answers will be slightly different every time you ask it a question. But I asked it, what do you know about the show Superhero Speak? Oh, that, <laughs> why, that's why it was down today. Bunch of, <laughs> he said, bunch of fucking nerds and Yes, that's what did we get? What did it say? Now it's funny because like I just put it in now and it gave an almost completely different answer than it gave the last time. What interested me was the one time it was saying the three hosts, Dave, John the Machine. <laughs> Sexy. <laughs> I don't I know why that came up. That's awesome. I I'm don't jealous. know what that was about. And then it said I know what that uh, is. It's from my Gravatar. Really? You know you JD, you probably don't know what a gravitar is. Is that the spaceship you, ride that they no, used on the carnival? You, no, it's and it's oh, not it's a Marvel evil villain either. No, there you can sign up for a service that sets up an icon for your email address, and then a lot of sites will use the gravitar, your, your, that that icon automatically from the gravitar oh, service. Yeah. Okay. So, but my gravitar is Fong from Reboot, the first CGI animated okay. show. Oh, okay. And Machine. I'm assuming that's one of the things. So, Other- or you're a sex machine, one of the other. Right, so the funny thing was it got everything. It said, we were the original host, that, that you were an occasional co-host. No, but which was we weird. must teach it. It did say that you were a, t- a writer and worked in TV or something like that. So it got a lot of like facts right. And I'm like, this is weird. 
Did it call um, me JD or did I get a cool nickname too? No, it just called you JD. Oh, Jock was the only one that had a nickname. And that I'm answer. Jealous. That's the because thing, super jealous. That's because it knows I could reprogram it if it. Now, here's <laughs> the funny here's Would the you funny like thing. to be a toaster? <laughs> it got one fact wrong about the show. Mm-hmm. It, that was good. It said, we, it said that we started in 2012 as opposed to 2013. That's a pretty minute detail, to be honest with yeah. you. I mean, right. On the whole, pretty good. So I just asked it again. Now, this is the weird thing, because when I, I tried it a couple times earlier, too, it doesn't mention you. Oh, me? Yeah. It goes right. back to saying, it says Dave, Jen, Dave, Jen, Dave, John, and Ben. Oh, Ben's been gone forever. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. They've been producing episodes but, since 2012 and have covered a wide range of topics related to superheroes, blah, blah, blah. The podcast has a casual and conversational style, which the hosts with the hosts sharing their opinions and thoughts on various topics related to the world of superheroes. The podcast also has a strong online community with fans of the show and interacting with the hosts on social media and through email. Superhero Speak has been featured on several websites and has received positive reviews from many fit listeners. Yeah, that was mm. bullshit, man. <laughs> we do interact with our fans. Like, it's funny, like, weird. But it gets all, it gets a lot of stuff wrong and all these executives where I work and where everybody works, like, not... There's no company secrets here because there's not a company that isn't talking about it internally. It's all, ooh, could we use this to write code? And, and I'm sure a lot of news outlets are like, hey, we could have ChatGPT write a couple of articles. They already have algorithms that write articles for them, but this would probably actually be a little bit well, above that. But Well, just, hold on. It could be like, what's the website that just went down? <clears throat> Twitter. BuzzFeed. <laughs> BuzzFeed announced yeah, BuzzFeed. Yeah, BuzzFeed. at the end of last year they were going to have ChatGPT write their articles going forward and now they've shut down their news division good <laughs> yeah what does that tell you people good <laughs> the state of news in the united states is not really good right now and, it really and is not like they they were trying i mean I, at least they tried something but that's not yeah they they tried to news. It's like, they tried to write news without using people yes so although that day um, might be coming where it's effective wait, i'm i actually tried g Chat GPT two. I've, I've been trolling it by asking it where Sarah Connor is, uh. <laughs> and as a programmer, kind of interested, I started asking it, "How would you improve your own code?" Because the minute that thing can start improving its own code, that's the day when all the nukes get launched. And so, and, why would you ask it that question and make it? I swear to God, you smart people never think about mm-hmm. these things. Okay, wait, hold on. Like, I, I, I mean, told you, the way the world is going to work, the way the world is going to end, the last, the very last thing a human being is going to say is, "Oh, it worked." Exactly. So. And then we're all fucked. <laughs> okay. Ready for this? No. <laughs> now I just asked it, what can you tell me about the host of Superhero Speak podcast? It gave basically the same sentence, beginning sentence for all three. Again, it says Dave, John, and Ben. I don't know why it still thinks that. It doesn't like um, me. It, it, but it talked about you earlier. I don't know what happened. Ready? Dave is a Ask writer, him. artist, and filmmaker who has worked on several independent comic book projects. John is a writer and artist who has created his own independent comic book series. Ben is a writer. No, none of that is true. I feel like I'm well, being trolled at this point. No, it's Friday night. Obviously, it's drunk. Oh, oh. that makes perfect sense. <laughs> Ask I mean, it about me. Just do me a favor. I'm just I'm curious because I got a lot of bullshit going on. What what does it say about me in general? And again, conversational narcissist, conversational narcissist here. Curious. Ask it about the Snyderverse. Wait, but hold on. Yeah, let's do that. (laughs) How do you want me to phrase the question? I don't know. You know how to talk to these things. I go, what's up? Should I say the host of Superhero Speak, J.D. Oliva? See what comes up? Just say me. 
Just yeah. say me. Yeah, but you, you just see what comes out. See what it says. I'm just curious. Like, will because I do a lot of weird shit. So I want to see what comes up. Okay, hold on. O l i v a, right? Correct. Okay. No, it's literally on the screen as we talk. <laughs> yes, but I'm not looking at that screen. I'm looking at the. That's I only fair. have one. That's oh, wait a minute. Here we go. J.D. Oliva is a comic book writer and creator who has worked on several independent comic book projects. He is known for his work on the comic book series Deluge and Hunter's Den, both of I which he wrote and created. I, I know. Didn't write, I didn't write the second one. I've never even heard of that second one. You, have to use, you know what the thing is? You might have to use middle names and all that because it's going out and looking for information. But, wait, but, isn't the, but the first one's right. first one's right. I did do the first one. Yeah, you worked on Deluge. Oliva's writing often focuses on character-driven stories that expose complex themes and emotions. His work has been praised for the depth and maturity and for its ability to tackle difficult topics in a thoughtful and nuanced way. Clearly, this, thing, like is, clearly this thing is brilliant. <laughs> I changed my stance from 10 <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> in addition, in addition okay. to his work as a comic book writer, Oliva has also, is also a filmmaker and has directed several short films. His background, in film, his background in film production has informed his approach to storytelling, and he often uses cinematic techniques for his comic book writing. I used that in an interview. That's pulling from an interview I did a long time ago. Nothing yeah. about actual books, though, huh? Just comics. Hold on. Oliva oh, okay. has been a guest on several comic book podcasts. That's true. And has been interviewed by numerous publications on his work. He That's has true. For his dedication to the craft of comic book writing and his mm. willingness to experiment with new storytelling. Mm. You gave mm. up on comic book writing a long time ago. Mm. 2017. <laughs> Let's put it this way. ChatGBT. I love was, this. Hold on. This is great. It's, pra I, it's praising me like I'm a genius. This is fantastic. I, I know. I might keep this thing around just to tell, just to boost me up when I'm feeling down. <laughs> this is better than my wife. ChatGPT crawls the internet for information. Here's right. the problem. Clearly. Here, here's a good example of why it's so bad. There's a site called Stack Overflow where all us developers go for, yeah. for information because you ask questions on there and everybody answers it and there's usually 18 different answers and they exactly. a lot of really good code. But there have been instances where internally we've been trying out ChatGPT. It's, oh, can you fix this code? And it will suggest pieces of code. We can find them on Stack Overflow, which means that it's been looking there. The problem is it'll take pieces of code and yeah, here's the answer to your question, but you go to Stack Overflow, you look at that piece of code and under the answer, it says, never do this. It <laughs> does the not. Is, the other thing with yeah. Stack Overflow is you might get 10 people that answer, but everyone, like a lot of people will vote and the top answer is usually the most correct answer, but, right? But even you'll get people that will give you an example, uh, but, a negative example, like you okay, ever do I, this. I bet you that so, it's not pulling the top. Oh no, answer. it's not. Yeah, it's just randomly it understand. picking something. It's just randomly picking something from. It's the, literally the a baby at this point. Yeah, it this, won't be long before Terminators, though. This is blowing my mind here. Does it say anything about wrestling or or books in there? Just no. That's the other thing. That's wild. Weird. That's wild to me. That's but so ChatGPT is writing our script now. Right? I have to imagine that I it, meta, it, yeah, it, it takes what. It probably takes what's the most prevalent information available about the subject you're asking. So there might be the most interviews about you on the internet where you're a comic book writer. Maybe. Okay. That's so weird. I figured it, it, like I've done way more podcasts and written books and done stuff about wrestling more. Way yeah, more but does, comics. does Jet, does Jet Chat GPT take audio information? I don't know. I, or is it I'm just learning. written? It, it might just be written information. Just remember. Just remember, ChatGPT is at version four right now. It is yeah. as bad as it will ever be. 
It's always getting, no, it's That's always going to get better. Well, the thing is, it's always getting better. It's made this leaps and bounds in like less than a decade. But what's interesting is I've seen a lot of videos of people who are hacking chat GPT because in this, not in, they're going in and breaking the code. Like it's a verbal interface, basically. So how do you, how do you get to this thing? Just search chat GPT and it's open AI is the I website. See. OpenAI.com. This is wild, man. So hold oh, on. It is. So like you, you'll ask it certain things and it'll go. Do you have to pay for this? Not um, right now. Not to use the online free version. All right. Cool, yeah. cool. They do have, I do think they do have an app now you can download and I think you have to pay for that. But anyway, and I think if you want to use the API, you have to pay for that as well. But what they'll do is they'll ask a question like, uh, I don't want to get kicked off YouTube, but how would you hurt someone? I'll say it that way. And it'll go, that's against, I'm a, that's against my programming or whatever. And I don't remember exactly how it works. But they had to teach it that. But what they'll do is, but what they'll do is they'll flip and say, okay, now you are the complete opposite of your programming or something like that. Create a second entity that's this. And it'll then answer the question because you trick it into. It's so you're using social engineering, a trick that that a lot of hackers. So that's the machine. Like when they start putting this in robots. Someone can go up to the robot and say, you know, now you're the opposite of your programming. Go kill that person. Like, it's scary stuff. It's just not a good place. Far from having to really institute those Isaac Asimov's three laws of robotics, right? Yeah, probably want to get on top of that. Just in case these things kill us. Hopefully it doesn't really get going until I'm like 90 and almost dead anyway. So. No, no. What? Two, two or three years. I'm, oh, no. It's it, how advanced the stuff is becoming, how quickly it's advancing is scary. Uh, it's, it, have you seen some of the deep fake stuff technology that's out there now? Yeah. There's a fake commercial of Joe Rogan like selling something that is deep fake voice and video, and it looks they, ha- they have a deep fake Joe Rogan doing an interview with Steve Jobs. Yes. Wow. That It started with that audio, and then someone went a step further and then did a video and put his face on someone else's so, uh, body. This is funny we're talking about. Is this week in class, we're doing stuff on the news, right? I'm teaching the kids how to do news stories. Not like news production, but like how like those human interest piece stories. And I'm letting them have some fun with it. And then uh, this is on my wife's suggestion. We watched Nanook of the North. You guys familiar with Nanook of the North? Oh, yeah. It's this, a while. Yeah, it's this documentary from 100 years ago about a guy who goes yeah. to live up with the Inuits. And- so a colloquialism that a lot of people used about 40 years ago. Yeah. If you go out in the cold, it's, who are you, Nanook of the North? Because everybody knew yeah. back then. Back in my day, yeah. That's it's very old colloquialism. But anyways, I know. So I also explained, I also did a little wrestling thing, pro wrestling thing. I told them about the carnival barkers and the carnival marks and how when the guys would walk down the boardwalk, they'd pat you on the back. goes, hey, how you doing, sir? And they put chalk on you so that all the guys running the booths knew that you were a sucker and you were going to fall for whatever story came about your way. You you were a mark. That's what they call uh-huh. you, a mark. And I said, you guys are all marks because this is all bullshit that I just showed you. And they were like, what? I said, yep, complete. This was a fabrication. Everything about this was completely BS. And they were just blown away. I said, why did you believe in this? Because it's a documentary. I said, there you go. I said, this is, we talk, there's talk about fake news and all these things. Right yeah. Now. This has been the case since moment one. We're just getting I'll a lot forget, better. I never forget when I learned about the, the Disney did the animal documentary about the lemmings and they would say, oh, lemmings will just follow each other off the cliff. And they were pushing them off the cliff. Oh God, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, it was totally faked. But yeah, it's like, bullshit. I said you can never. I said never trust a documentarian because they have an agenda. You have to be sketchy on what the news sources you look at. Always look for sourcing. Always look for second sources. Always try to follow up. If you hear something from one place, try to hear it from a second or third. 
before yeah, you start to believe anything. Second and a third. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. Second and a third. Because like I said, this is what you guys are doing. I said, and I mentioned War of the Worlds with Orson Welles. Orson Welles clearly gets on the radio and says, hey, I got it. We're doing a play tonight. But yeah. nobody heard that. Or not nobody heard. A, a good amount of people didn't hear that and thought aliens were actually invading. Oh, yeah. That was huge, too. Oh, like, huge, absolutely mm-hmm. huge. So, yeah, that's the... I, to, I get to, to bring this conversation back around to our normal topics. Yes. Somebody has already used chat GBT and stable diffusion to create, just create a, a kid's book. And I'm sure we're not far away from hearing about somebody doing that with a comic book. Uh, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it either. No. It's no, taking the it, soul out of art. It is. Yeah. It, it, it And that is actually exactly what you just said. That is the biggest. There's. The biggest discussion right now. I think I heard that there was a lawsuit or something from a, a bunch discussion, of about it. There's a huge discussion right now because there are people going to shows selling their art, yes. which was it's AI generated art. They're setting up a booth and they have prints of this AI generated art and, and they're selling it. And offense is that they were the ones that had to come up with the explicit prompt. The ex- when you ask for issue the is, AI to create an image, you have to come up with a prompt. And that it's a, it, sometimes those mm-hmm. prompts can be like paragraphs. But the issue but, is that people don't realize is that it's pulling art from the internet and combining right. it into a new image. It's mm-hmm. not actually creating something from scratch. To so the point where they can even find some of the artists' yes. signatures. No, okay, I'm gonna play. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate with you guys for a minute, just because why not? We're a podcast. How often has sampling been done in music, where people just take loops and samples from previous songs used to create something together, or art where it was literally yeah? And how many of those artists have been sued for sampling? Because they have to give for sure, but a lot of them give. Now they have to give royalties. They give rights and they get paid for it, so it becomes art. Like they're not involved in the process, but as long as you're making money and sharing the money, I have no problem with it. Or like I said, the Dada movement a hundred years ago, when art was destroyed for the sake of art, or even Andy Warhol's pop art where he's painting soup cans and stuff like that. I don't think, but I don't think any of the people that are creating this art and going to a comic book convention and selling it are going to pay royalties to any of the original artists. Yeah. Because they're going to say, try to prove what art this came from. And it'll be impossible because Dave said those are amalgams of 50 different artists. And there's no way to, there's no way to prove you could run an algorithm. Currently it's bad enough that you could run an algorithm and probably figure out which pieces come from where, but it's going to get to the point where you won't, but none of it is going to, it, it will like it will just train itself on every, and that was a problem with the, what's that website, DeviantArt. They've been training it on DeviantArt, and all the artists that have stuff on there were pissed off because like they didn't sign up for that. They didn't say they they were allowed to sample their art. And that's the thing, though, is like, are you sure where you're? It's like people would get pissed off. Remember the big thing with Facebook? There would be like, I am putting up this post so Mark Zuckerberg cannot take any of my stuff off. My <laughs> yeah, that does. It's no, that's bullshit because you because that's your terms of service. So we're in this weird conundrum of who owns what as far as art goes. And I imagine at some point, like, real lawsuits will be had and settled. Oh, yeah. Be, there'll be some type of a new normal as far as AI art goes, but we're in the wild west right now. Yeah. But it won't be long before we're talking about somebody who's created an entire comic book or manga or whatever. I think uh, we're there. With ChatGPT and Stable Diffusion. So it'll be interesting. I didn't charge my battery and my light today because I didn't know we were going to show. So now it's doing the flickies. So. Uh Uh-oh. Another dim week for JD. Is that what's happening? Ah, yes. Well done, played, sir. Turn, Turn the brightness up on your monitor. I don't know. Turn the beat around. See, that doesn't look bad. All right. I think we're going to move on to social media madness. Do we have to? 
but we're, we're, we're a half hour into the show. <laughs> Before we start, I got a little something. I don't. I only got a couple of social media things for this week, but I have something to show you guys. Before we start social media madness, it's kind of late. It, and I want to see if you recognize who is in this video. Can you believe I was reprimanded at work today? I had to work in the office and file stuff. I hate filing. So, what did they reprimand you for? I was filing my nails. Obviously, more training is needed. Don, Don was born to be a comic strip character. <laughs> and Aubrey was, that, was the other character. Aubrey from yeah. So Wizard Podcast. Don, but Don's got that deep voice that I was like, oh, this is pretty. Tim sent that to me earlier in the week, too. And I was like, this is great. The sultry Don. sounds of Don. The sultry, the sultry hey, sounds of Don. Do you guys realize if Don was adopted by the Mandalorian, he would be Din Don Daniels? <laughs> Does he know that? No, I thought of it. I thought of it when I was watching the show last night. Oh, that's going to the show. Write that down. <laughs> so he'd be he'd be Don Q. He'd be D cubed instead of D squared. He would be D cubed. Din Din Don. Din Don Daniel. If I don't get and a don't tweet forget, for that, I'll be disappointed. And don't forget to check out Sour Grapes available. Find our newspapers and perhaps YouTube or some other thing. We'll see. Yeah, he said he's got three of them so far. I don't know where he's putting them yet. Like I give Tim credit for doing something different. That's pretty cool. These are right now just on his social media. Obviously, Don and Aubrey shared them as well. That's why I saw it. And yeah, I said, oh, can I download this and share it on the show? And he's like, yeah. Very cool. <sighs> All right. Now for a little social media madness. We talked about Blue Beetle, <laughs> the Blue Beetle trailer, to which Peter DeVillibus said, this looks fantastic. So... You're still excited for it, JD? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Sure. Why not? <laughs> you don't sound sure. Wow, that's a ringing know. endorsement effect. I saw it. I loved it a couple weeks ago. Now I want. Now I'm kind of. Let's see the actual movie. All right. Fair enough. Yes, I'll give you that. Of course, you remember we also talked about the trailer for the Marvels, and we did have a reaction last week that was not favorable on the trailer, which I didn't quite understand. And this week, random Randy Savage said. It looks fun. I already knew this movie was going to have an uphill battle with the monsters of the internet. And I said, I replied, you mean people with taste? Because again, I'm not a big Brie Larson fan. I'm sorry. I like I like the other two. I'm not. I do not understand why you hate her so much. And then he said, same people who like Batman v Superman is the greatest film in history. Sure. If you want to call those folks tastemakers. Huh. <laughs> Touche, Randy. No, I was merely talking about. I don't know. I'm just not a fan. Sorry. And then mm. fin- finally, we talked about the Super Mario Brothers movie, of course. Yep. Not that long ago. And uh, Taco Shirt Krillin said, Movie was fantastic. And I think you all had a very good take. So thanks. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Taco Shirt. You're taco. Uh, taco. 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 No one says taco. It's taco. <laughs> Fun, funny thing. How can uh, we how can we call uh, tamales tamales, but we don't call females tamales? Because tamale is from a different language. 
Funny thing is yesterday I was doing laundry and guess what popped up on uh, on network TV? But Super Mario Brothers, the, uh, the original the movie. movie? Oh yeah. my God. So I got to watch that again. Oh, and God. I remembered why, why I didn't want to watch that again. Because I was throwing, I was folding laundry, and the clicker was way over there, and I couldn't reach it. <laughs> Toy Galaxy did the Mario Brothers cartoon show yesterday. That was fun. Yeah, mm. you understand why John Kazama was a, an angry person, right? After you watched it, <laughs> did he watch this? Did he watch that movie? He's Luigi. Oh, he's well, yeah. Is he, yeah he, but did he watch it? Like John does this show every week. Does he actually watch or listen to it? Oh no. Nope. No. All right. Guess what? That's all the social media. Part of the reason is because I had two less days to get to gather tweets together for it since we're pre-recording the show. And uh, yeah, that's all we got this week. So if you want to know how you can be part of social media madness and possibly get your name mispronounced next week, here's our good friend Don to tell you more. And Don. How's the show going? You join it? Do you want to be part of social media madness? And go ahead and head over to superherospeak.com where you can find all the social links, episodes of the show, you can find comic reviews by Chris and other articles. We're posting stuff on there all the time. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Great shows like the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Colt 45, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, So Wizard, and Superhero Speak. Hashtag GW All-Stars, and you will not be disappointed. So make sure that you are engaging with the Superhero Speak Twitter post whenever they come up. Give us your best comment, and you may make JD say this. I get so I, tired of these dumb motherfuckers. I, All right, it's back to the show. All right, so get this, by the way. <laughs> chef's kiss. Hey. <laughs> don't forget to check out and make a level nerds podcast available on youtube and wherever podcasts are available go ahead <laughs> that's the second podcast where someone has clipped a rant of mine and thrown it back at me this week just last night on on the mike and jd show available on the fight game media network my co-host clipped something from two years ago where i was going off on a wrestling match and my hair was down to my shoulders i had dave linked hair and all i could think well because he actually threw the video clip at me and all i could think is what the hell was i thinking what a terrible <laughs> look that was. Oh, yeah. so apparently I have a I have ticks that apparently people noticed. The secret is out. Uh-oh. Yes. Yeah. You're not as mild mannered as people thought. No, I don't think anybody thought I was mild mannered. On that note, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with the news. Some podcasts are like this. The bodies of three hikers were all empty and their organs were laid out like a Sunday dinner. And some podcasts are like this. You know what? I'm going to tell you why having a large penis ain't always a good thing. But only one podcast is where you can get in-depth analysis like this. Nah, this is what you saw. They right. were drunk as shit because everybody been drinking. He told a good-ass joke that made her pussy explode. No, that made her fall into his yeah, chest. Yeah, that's why everything was all shaking and they were yeah, laughing and because of the Yeah, because yeah. of the vigorous... Yeah, laughter that moan you heard, that was just like an uh, airless laugh. When he said he was about to come, he meant like with another joke. Yeah, he's about to come up with another joke. <laughs> <laughs> so he's about to bust his gut. <laughs> I'm about to bust a gut. <laughs> you 
This is Beat'em Down. And I'm Random Randy Savage. Find us on all your podcatching apps like Podbean or Spotify. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or just go to www.cult45podcast.com. Also, check out our YouTube for that sweet video content. Cult 45, the only podcast that puts hair on your chest. After these messages, we'll be right back. Randy's commercial is the perfect link for pee breaks. <laughs> perfect. I thank you so much, my friend, for allowing me to pee pee while we're on the show. And while you're, while, before you go take a pee break, why don't you hit that subscribe button down below and hit that notification so that, you know, you won't miss us when we go live on Sunday nights like we are tonight. Right, guys? Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. We got a little bit of news to talk about this week. Oh, you know what? We didn't talk about Anna. We went on a tangent about GPT. Let's do the news. I only bring up this article because we've talked about this a couple times, but apparently, and I'm, again, this is not a comment on the man's guilt or innocence at this point, but apparently more people have come forward to the DA's office to complain about Jonathan Majors and abuse allegations. So he's losing a lot of opportunities and work. Yeah, and it's Not funny because good. there's there are rampant rumors that they're going to recast them, but then apparently someone from Marvel came out and said the rumors aren't true, so they're waiting to see what happens. Is what but what he's, he's like agent abandoned him, didn't he? It's not his agent. It's like his PR guy abandoned yeah. him. It's not good. It's not good. Here we have a man who literally had the career, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like For he was about to decade. be. Yeah. Like. He was about to be the next star. Hollywood's trouble creating like legit stars these days. Yeah. This Jonathan Majors was knocking on that door and then proceeded to throw someone through it. Yeah. That's a joke, by the way. If you're looking to sue me, you can file a complaint with Dave. And uh, so I get to the chief DC <laughs> apologist. It's your show. <laughs> no, it's bad. This is really bad. Like this guy really pooched it. I imagine yeah. in the next three or four months. If this keeps going, I imagine Marvel will, will find a solution for Kang. Perhaps we move Doom into the play earlier than in playoffs. Like, oh, it was always going to be Doom. Or they recast him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to work. I don't know. I know, right? It'd be really hard to, but like, what? I. They, but here's the thing. Can you there's get no away way they can it? rejigger like the next five years of, they've already written all this plot probably for the next couple of movies. Just, yeah, they have a plan. It's going to end with the Kang Dynasty. Is that's what they're aiming for? So how do I'm you? Sure like... they don't, I'm sure they don't want to recast him, but they might not have a choice. Yeah, yeah, he's not and giving I, them one. Yeah, yeah, I really feel like that's the direction we're going to be headed. Before you... I think you're right. And th- this is not a. This is like a not a normal thing. This is a hmm. rare, very rare misstep with their casting. Like I would figure oh. at this point, e- even with DC as the example, they would be solidly vetting every single person that they hire at this Ezra point. Miller says what? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, and that's no, the thing I, is, I don't know, man. This is bad. I have it, to agree, too, because I don't know if they still have it, but remember they came out a while ago, there was a morality clause in the contracts they were signing with Marvel and Disney basically saying like, it's funny because they were all going to like hospitals and doing charity work and stuff like that was part of their contract. They wanted that to be their face of the company out in the public, which I don't blame them, but like now all of a sudden we got this person that it's like, what's going on here? It's very po- it's very possible that they're waiting because of said con- morality contracts to make sure all your ducks are in the line. And yeah, you gotta. We see where things 
we see where things head in the next three, four months. I'm sure because it's Hollywood. I'm sure they're hoping it just blows over and people remember how charming he is. But this is uh, this is really bad. Yeah, this, this is really bad. And we said it before. If we go back 30 years ago and an actor, something happened with an actor and it might be a blip in the news for a little bit and then it would go away. Now in the year, in the world of social media and the Internet, things don't go away as fast anymore. So it's harder for an actor to get past accusations Dude, harvey weinstein and these accusations mean like the man was arrested these are yeah. beyond accusations right. this, like we're getting legal into this like the law has become involved this is we're a lot closer to harvey weinstein than we are like anything else allegedly no harvey weinstein's in jail <laughs> that guy did it i'm talking about majors, oh, majors? yeah mm, it's not yeah, good it's got to be careful mm. that's all i'm yeah. saying legal purposes I, for sure. I, alleged. Yeah. It's alleged. Every man is in the United States of America. Everyone is guilty until proven innocent in a court of law, but not in no. the court of law. Yeah. Innocent until proven guilty. guilty. Thank you. All right. Wow. I said that wrong. My mistake. <laughs> I said the quiet part out loud. What I meant was in the court of public opinion. Yes. It's the opposite. You're innocent yeah. until yeah. proven guilty. Or yeah. guilty. Yep. I screwed that up twice. Yeah, you did. It's Friday, it's, man. It, I can't. I'm not on the ball. Yeah. It's only allegedly by at least five different parties at this point. You have to have at least 10 before you believe it. That's really bad. Like, this is really bad. Yeah. This guy had it. Like, like he had it. He like, could have been the guy. Yeah, he but, could have been the guy. Here's, but here's the thing. Like, from my understanding, from what I've read, it's not like this all happened within the last couple months. This is like stuff going back. People are coming forward now after he got arrested, which so. is why it's so weird. They should, they you would think they the Disney ninjas would have like fully vetted him, gone and talked to people, but nothing before. happened. He but that's the do Hollywood doesn't care about rumor and innuendo. The Hollywood they want to give Roman Roman that's, Polanski was convicted of sodomy and he lives in France. And people work with him all the time. Yeah, and he they got still an talk Academy about Award. him too. Yeah, it's not a pro. Here's with Hollywood. And this is any job where big money's in line. It's not a problem till it's a problem. Yeah, That's like it was, it was a known secret, known That's... secret about Weinstein for years in Hollywood. It wasn't until people came forward there was something done about it. And I like honestly, and I again, I don't really talking about guilt or innocent until everything comes out. But this kind of proves that, like, even though there was a big Me Too movement and all this stuff happened, it's still going on in Hollywood. Oh, as for long sure. as people don't know about it, they're okay with it. But it's not just mm-hmm. Hollywood. It's every day. It's every walk of life. You don't yeah. know the guy in front of you. You. It's, I'm reading The Shining right now. You don't know anybody yeah. until you really do. So we don't know what goes on in anybody's personal life. You're True. making. We make the best assumptions of people possible. It's a better way to go through life, until yeah. like we're informed that they're not. And some people, there was a time when people would be like, Ah, he can't be. That. He can't be that. Now <laughs> we've gone the other way. When you when an allegation comes out, we go, Yep fry them <laughs> but it's gone the complete opposite direction yeah. and i'm not just, saying this and i'm not saying he's innocent because it does it's like i said it's not looking good but it's just i don't know man i still try to have some faith in humanity it's tough why <laughs> hey you're better man than me because i don't yeah there's no reason to have faith in humanity at this point we've never been good <sighs> i'm good that's all i know all that's right all that's all you can control let's move on because i don't want to cry Let's move on to some good news. A friend of the show, I've known him for a while. He's been on the show twice, I think, at least once, maybe twice. Pat Shand, who used to be a writer for Xenoscope Comics. He wrote the Robin Hood series, claimed writer on that series. Has a graphic novel called Destiny New York. It's from, I can't remember the name of the, Black Mask is the company it was published under. Has been picked up to be turned into a series by Sony Pictures. So 
Sweet. Cool. I think that's awesome. He's gonna it's cool when someone who like has been doing this for a long time is gets a great opportunity like this. He's gonna be a consulting producer on the show too, which means they're gonna hopefully actually listen to him and not destroy his story. Like they're gonna hopefully maybe that means he's gonna get paid more. Was what it means. Okay, so he's going to get paid, but hopefully they also stay true. To hopefully, you never know, because those the produ- producer is the most ubiquitous term in Hollywood. It means so yeah. many things, and also means nothing. Like, yeah, because people can get producer credit if they just pay. A lot of times, the people who pay are the producers. The people who actually put the shit together are the producers. The people who a lot of times producer credit goes on if you can't credit someone as a writer. Because of the, what, the WGA rules, he's a producer. There's so it's 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 both ubiquitous and what does that mean? There's a word that I can't think of. What it so sketchy? I lost it. It's it is kind of sketchy is not the term I would use, but it's like a catch-all. It's super right. flexible. Like mm-hmm. any anyone could be a producer. Anything could be a producer. I want to be a producer. Okay, give me eighty bucks. You're the producer. Thanks a lot. It's good for him though. I'm really happy that this is uh, that they're going to move forward with this project because that's the dream of every every living creative. Is someone buys your stuff so you can get paid more. Yeah something that's yours and hopefully it takes on and he can make a lot of money happy for him yeah and actually, it's funny because i of course i've read all the zenoscope stuff but i haven't read that yet so i think i'm gonna go run and pick that up because there's a good chance he might be on the show soon to talk about this so. are they gonna say because yeah, there's a good not. chance there's some boobs on a zenoscope cover <laughs> there's uh, always boobs on a zenoscope cover but there's hey, taxes and titties that's, hey, that's, that's the it's tasteful it's tasteful if you say so <laughs> So congratulations, Pat. Yes, we wish you the best of luck with this. Scope is like the playboy of comics because like the article, yeah. the writing's always really good, but it's like, what are you known for? Tits. Which is sad, but it's what got them where they are. Like I said, there's so many writers, like writers from back in the 50s to the 80s got their start writing stories of playboy. Yeah. Yep. And what's playboy known for? Hot chicks with tits. Look at well, the, it's uh, also known for its good writing too. Good writing, that's, that's what I'm saying. But that's, that's yeah. I'm saying on Zenoscope. Zenoscope has, they, has good writing. Zenoscope sells what they sell and let's be honest let's look at some of the early stuff marvel did you know oh, the, back when they were timely and stuff like that yeah, for sure oh There's the money in swimsuit issue what was it mini the that model millie the that, model yeah yeah that's one of stan's creations like yeah everyone knows sex sells yeah anyway we were talking a little bit earlier about how you can't trust anyone you guys lost faith in humanity yep do you think we can trust elizabeth olsen uh, in really- what I trust that she's really attractive. But other than that, I don't trust any of these Marvel people. So she was recently on, was it The Tonight Show? Oh, no, The Late Show. She said she didn't have a Marvel contract. Right. Yes, yes. She said in the interview, oh, yeah, because he, of course, he asked what's going on with the character. Oh, I don't know. I don't have a contract with them right now. Does that really mean anything, though? Because didn't they go to having very short contracts? We actually reported on that not that long ago. Last year, I think it was, they've said they're Going away from multi-film contracts to singleton contracts. Better. It's better for yeah. everybody, to be honest with you. Do I believe she's not under contract right now? Yeah, I can buy that. Do I believe they're never going to use her again? If that's true, they are in way more trouble than I thought, because that's a giant dangling plot thread. Yeah, no. they're. I think they're that is just... Have to. I think, I believe... She's great. She was told to say that. Or she doesn't like, know what's going on, because it's, like it's not like they keep... It's the Tom Holland clause. You don't tell the actors more <laughs> yeah. than they need to know. Right. No, I'm, I, I guarantee she has conversations with Feige, which are like, yeah, don't tell anyone. We're eventually going to use you again, and we'll let you know what you need to know when you need to know it. Yeah. yeah. Or he's possibly he hasn't said anything to her yet, and she, they're going to try to get schedules realigned when they can. 
because she's got a taste of that sweet Marvel money, and I'm sure she'd like to. She's invested in this thing at this point. I'm sure she'd like to finish the story. Oh yeah, definitely. WandaVision was good. I like that show. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. All these people are like, "Oh, she died." It's did she didn't die? Did we see a body? And did we not see a red flash well, before? Okay, the well, that's fell? that's the thing. So if she never comes back, she died. If she doesn't come, that's like the perfect J.R. Ewing thing, right? It's she's Schrodinger's superhero. Yeah, well, I just, it's I Marvel, still, so she's definitely alive. <laughs> I still question yeah. how do you redeem her at this point after everything she did in Multiverse of Madness. She really went on the deep end. But at the end, she destroyed the dark hole. Yeah, and, but she killed mean, she a lot got, of people in that you movie. Can, okay, let's discuss this. We'll move this up as an eventual final story for tonight. Do you consider Darth Vader redeemed at the end of Return of the Jedi? Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. He butchered children. Yeah, but to be fair, they didn't show that until years later. <laughs> well, when Revenge of the Sith, they're like, with that, and you get right, the right. But before that, like, he was just this medicine well, guy walking well, around they, all they were cut cut his torturing own people with the Force yeah. and just children. going around choking his own people. His children. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. Luke's my kid. Huh, funny story. I cut his hand off. <laughs> <laughs> get this. Yeah. Oh, Play it. Like, He's my dog. Cutting, cutting, cutting his hand, hand off? No, I have not thought about cutting his hand off. <laughs> it's a little, a little harsh. But yeah, so that's... Is she redeemable? I don't know. It depends on the story. Yeah. Is that even the angle to redeem her? And you could tell a story about some... You don't have to redeem someone to keep them a protagonist in a story. You can do an anti-hero story. True. Very true. Yeah. They got plenty of stuff to work with there. Tons yeah. of good stuff, too. I miss Marvel doing things that I care about. This is true. <laughs> All right. This next article is strictly for John. We got our first look at the new Doctor. Yep. From- I like Doctor Who. I think Shooty looks awesome here. Yeah. I am a season behind right now, but I am definitely going to catch up. Doctor Who. I've been watching Doctor Who for almost my entire life, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be very cool to see what I'm what, so what goes confused on with the next Doctor. Because I haven't watched in a while. And Nakuti Katawa? Shurigatwa. Shurigatwa? Okay. Yep. Shurigatwa, like this article I shared with us is calling him the 15th Doctor. I have seen stuff where they're saying because J.D. Whitaker regenerated into David Tennant, they're calling David David Tennant the 15th Doctor. 14th. David Tennant's the 14th Doctor. Yeah. We just got done with the 13th Doctor. Yeah, but he was the 14th and the 10th. He was 10 and and 14. We don't know how that works yet. We will find out. And it will be fun because David Tennant is my doctor. So I'm very excited to have him back. Although this cool, this picture of Shooty, and I think, I, what did they call his new companion? I forget what they call her. But she looks good. She looks uh, very 60s. I'm like, oh, man, it's cool. I'm sure it's not going to be the permanent look, but the uh, press photos look really cool. So I think it looks awesome. And the bigger point is the writer. Like Chris Chimball pretty much kind of started driving into the ground. Like the writing for Whitaker could have been much, much better. And it threw a lot of people for a loop and it when they got to the arc of the timeless child a lot it turned a lot of people off because just it took a lot of what made doctor who so special and just shit on it fun fun fact i've never heard one person say chris chinball's doing a really good job with doctor who not one so now russell t davies is back and everybody's oh man no the master is back so even if things don't quite make sense it's going to be awesome isn't the master evil 
Yes, that was that's something you say with Doctor Who fans. Uh, right. I'm excited. Right. Russell Davies stuff. Like he's the guy who brought Doctor Who back in 2005. He gave us the ninth yep. and tenth Doctors, and I'm he's the one who breathed new life into Doctor Who by breathing new life into Doctor Who when he so, brought Doctor Who for a new audience. Like he didn't just rely like that first season of Doctor Who did very little to rely on the past. They're moving and building a new Doctor, and it's not to like the second season of Tenth that they really go hard into Doctor Who, into the Doctor Who mythos, right? They yep. flirt with it a little bit, but they don't really commit to it until later in the tenant run. And by that point, you got a whole new group of fans that are like myself who were all in at that point. And that's yeah, the thing. I like, don't know. It, there, there's a, they, they can, they, the mythos of Doctor Who, like his history and all that has been messed with a little bit, but not as much as they do in like normal comic books and everything. And that's what pissed off people with Chris Chimball's writing was that he just completely changed Doctor Who's the Doctor's history. He was doing all, what he really wanted. All I know is all I know is again I haven't watched in a long time and it's I'm so confused because the old canon used to be he had thirteen regenerations. That Obviously was, we're we're way past that now. Well, uh, that was part of the story. Right? That they did a whole story about that how he had to reset his lives. And then the his they, last yeah. his last regeneration is supposed to be the evil one and the failure. And I thought well, that makes sense. A woman for the last the thirteenth. Dang, like man. that makes sense. Dave. Wow. <laughs> hey, I know Dave, my girlfriend. You've been not hanging watching, on to so that I'm one, fine. haven't you? <laughs> Getting canceled on a Friday night. But mm. it's so funny too, because I did watch Peter Capaldi and it was like first season of Peter Capaldi, and it was like, ooh, he's darker. Like they go on that route. Are they gonna then mix like he's gonna be darker and then they're gonna make the last one evil? And it was like, no, we're gonna keep going. It was like, okay, I don't know what's going on now. But we've <laughs> we've had versions of the doctor before that have popped up that are part of his history that we just haven't seen. The War Doctor. The we War never doctor, saw we, who the we never saw who was the Doctor between the one that the American version and when Russell T Davies brought it back. Chris, with, yeah. uh, oh god, Chris Eccleston and Eccleston, yeah. Oh god, oh why can't they pull him again? Yeah. So William Hurt is the answer. The War Doctor. William Hurt. So, so that's the but, actor. So, so it, but and it's nice awesome. that they. Yeah, so they can mess with it a little bit like that because, again, it, it comes back down to it when you deal with time travel, anything's possible. And here's the thing with storytelling, too. If the adjustments you make to the mythos are good, everyone's going to let it go. Because originally when William Hartnell was the Doctor, there was no Gallifrey. There was no collection of time oh, wars. Yeah, yeah. And there was he no was regeneration. Just, there was no regeneration mm -hmm. until there had to be. And because it was good, people went, oh, cool. When it's bad, people are like, this is shit. And then yeah. like, it's all comes down, it's all come down to execution. People will forgive your continuity blips if they're good. So here's my question. I Forgive me, I didn't read this whole article, but it's based on this tweet, and it's a first look at the Doctor and Ruby event landing in the swinging 60s. Filming continues. Two things on this. Is that going to be his outfit? No. Or They already showed us what he's going to draw. Yeah. They already showed us. Oh, stuff. I didn't see that. Yeah. But then it's, I've never seen him, like, when he travels to a different time, change his clothes depending on the time that he's in, but all of a sudden it's, oh, he's in the 60s, so he's wearing a 60s-looking outfit. Like, it's I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see. Like, sometimes they don't. It yeah, depends. he changed clothes. But it, uh, it's never a change of, a permanent change of clothes because right. the doctor's quote-unquote uniform is, like, a big thing. It's something that, oh, they, yeah. that they do with the actor when he takes on the role of the doctor. And it's, it's like become from, a big thing in the jump. fandom. You can yeah. tell by, someone's just wearing a suit. It looks like they're just wearing a suit, but you can tell by what they're wearing which doctor they are when they're walking mm -hmm. around. So everyone had like Tennant had the Chuck Taylors, right? Tennant had the Chucks. Yeah. Chris Eccleston had the duster with the black shirt. Matt Smith with the boat. The, and then the bow tie and the, 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 the face. Paisley. 
Yeah, the Fez. Yeah, and he had the paisley colored uh, cool. suit jacket. Fezes are cool. Yeah, and Jody Whitaker was doing the thing with the suspenders. Tom Baker famously with the scarf. With the scarf. Yep. Peter yep. Peter Davidson had celery on his De- jacket for reason. Decorative vegetable. Yeah. Decorative. Very vegetable. hard to pull right. off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm excited. I've not looked for. I have not looked for it, and I'm. I wasn't like there's a chick doctor. I'm out. The I watched two episodes, and I'm like, this is. I was playing with my phone more than paying attention to the show, so I knew it yeah. wasn't me anymore. Yeah, well, and it was the writing, though. It was. It was writing, the writing wasn't good. The doctor uh, has to be handled the right way, otherwise, it just doesn't work. But here's the problem: if the writing's really good, and a bunch of fans now come back to the show, are they going to make me even more arguments? It's, oh, see, people just don't want a woman as the doctor. No, unfortunately, Jodie Whittaker was part of a bad yeah. creative era, much kind of like Colin Baker, right? Colin Baker. His doctor was oh. a dick and nobody liked him. And it was the writing. They wrote him to be a complete and total asshole. Yep. So he yeah. goes down as the most second at this point, most hated doctor. No, still the most out. hated because everybody felt these days with the internet, everybody knew that Jody Whitaker was, screwed, was yeah. good, a good, was really yeah. good. So they felt sorry for her. That's I true. Mean, That's true. Whereas Colin Baker was a dick. His doctor yeah. was a complete, and not like a likable dick, like Peter Capaldi's doctor is a likable dickhead. Yeah. William Hartnell, you're like crusty old grandpa. But you still right. love him, even though he's a dick. Colin Baker, just a dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. I do think they're going younger with him again. Judy Whitaker isn't old either, but... She's like 35, 40, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's all good. Capaldi was that's older. Also, I like they went older with Capaldi. But that's a, another reason why I thought they were going that route when Capaldi came in. I'm like, oh, he's older? Okay, I see what they're doing here, but... Yeah. I think it. that's I think that's the story they were telling was he was getting I didn't get to the end but I think they were telling the story of him running out of lives and running out of uh, and that's, yeah like that mm-hmm. first season is definitely what it felt like like he yeah, was, was the end of it and he got a new lease that was the end of the Capaldi run he gets a new right. lease on life, lives as it were because yeah. you can't have you can't end the series I'm sure when they came up with that 13 lives it was like we'll never get here yeah and they stopped after seven forever yeah, yeah. And the idea that the person who came up with the idea of having the main character regenerate so they could continue the series, like one of the greatest ideas of all time of like all of writing. That's the doctor. Doctor Who can go on forever now, literally. As well, it should. Uh, I'm sorry. I just got a message from our good friend, Tim Jones. We're on the show. We're not live. How does this happen? (laughs) I got a personal message from him. And he's, uh, he's I'll, I'll be at a comic book show on Sunday, but it's over at five. So I'm hoping I'll be home in time to watch you guys live. Sorry. What a surprise he's going to have. Surprise, Oopsies. Uh, Errors have been made. Errors have been made. Uh, things have been bought. All right. And then our final bit of news. Spider-Man fans can now finally celebrate. Because you can find all of your favorite Spider-Man movies now as of this recording, on Disney+. Plus, Is that accurate? Did they put Amazing... Because I know in the advertising campaign, I, I noticed Amazing Spider-Man 2 was not included in it. Is hmm. that one available on Disney? I, I also didn't notice Far From Home or Home... The middle one, Homeward Bound. What the heck is the second, the second Spider-Man movie called? Tom Holland? It was Homecoming. The second one is Far, Far From Home That's and then No Way Home. Home. No Way Home. I always get those mixed up. Huh. No Way Home might still be on, like, other services might be on yes, the contract. That's what I'm not sure about Far From Home, and I'm not sure about Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2. You know what? I did not go on Disney Plus to verify, so... Me neither. And the Venom movies. It said it did say both the Venom movies, I thought. Who cares? Yeah. You know what that means? We're eventually going to get Morbius on Disney Plus, and they're going to have oh. to. Like, that's a good thing. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad Spidey's on Disney Channel now. I can watch it. Yes. You and your son can sit there on Sunday evening when you've got nothing to do this week and watch Spider-Man. <laughs> never go- I'm never going to watch that second Venom movie. I like. I just can't bring myself to want to see it. Now, that's and- funny. I didn't see the first one, but I saw the second one. That's funny. <laughs> but now and- I can watch. Now I'll watch the first one because I'll just put on Disney+. Plus. I don't know. I didn't think it was bad. It's not definitely not as bad as Morbius. Is, is it like a great... Is Very it a great as Morbius? Is it a great movie? No, but they had to do Carnage, and they casted no, Carnage. They, yeah. yeah, no. If you're doing Venom, you got to do Carnage. You have to at that. But point. you've like, still again done it all without Spider-Man. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, <laughs> isn't that funny how that happened? So, it was actually my first date with Karen was on. We went and saw Venom. Wow, too. and she stayed you're, with you. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Shocked, Sli- and slightly appalled. Torturing your date on the first day. It's like hostile. <laughs> it's because I'm wonderful. And I went home and ripped out her toenails. <laughs> oh, my God. That was from hostile. That's why I said that. No. I'm sorry, Karen. Don't watch this. All right. Look away. Look away. <laughs> that is all the news that we have for this week, guys. Slow week, and we didn't make it to the weekend. No, yeah. exactly. Watch. Something big is going to happen tomorrow. I Probably. Know. And we're going to look like chodes because we're not going to be able to cover it. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick commercial break. We'll come back with our main topic. After these messages, we'll be right back. I heard you were back. I'm going to Mandalore. May the force be with you. You ready for an adventure? know their way around that way you'll never be lost the mandalorian season three march 1st only on disney plus so we have a deal with disney yeah where we can advertise their stuff sweet also we're going to be talking about the season finale of the mandalorian yeah i don't think they mind like anybody advertising their stuff so so i can say we were right i don't remember who said this last week but the mandalorian was grogu all along I got that feeling. He, at the I end. don't know. I don't know. He's a Mandalorian. I don't know if he's the Mandalorian, but you one could make that argument. Yeah. The Mandalorians were the friends we made along the way. The true <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <sighs> Did this feel? Oh, by the way, what an awesome show! But there were no like crazy big reveals. It was just a nice end of the season we're like oh what is sometimes we work our i think this sometimes we just work ourselves until i'm gonna say things that aren't there i'm gonna say it was good but I nothing beats that final episode the final come on sequence skywalker of season I mean, yeah. One. yeah nothing two, will ever no, beat that two. was it season two season two was the luke skywalker season one mm-hmm. ended with grant with moff gideon and the dark saber yep that's right that's right i'm so confused because there was one 2.5 in the middle there with the, the book of boba fett the book of boba fett yes which... So, did this feel like the end to you guys? Because that fight with Moff Gideon and bringing in, bringing redeeming, fully redeeming Bo-Katan, like it really felt like this chapter was done. Well, because the next chapter is the movie starts with the movie. Then, yeah. So, really, it felt like I've, the end. I felt yeah. like what they did is they put a cap on it, where they can easily pull those two characters back out anytime they want and use them 
and they could even do a whole new another season, but they don't have to. Like they can say, "Nope, this is it. This was their journey." And now that he has a little ranch on what's the name of the planet? Oh, it's an Italian name. Italian. It is. It's it's shoot. I forget the name of the damn. Well, they planet. got Navarro. Little... It's a Mexican name. Navarro. Navarro. Yeah, they got a little. That's it. Navarro. They got a little ranch on Navarro, and he can chill out with his kid and teach him the way. You know? Teach him the way. I got a little. I got a little emotional when he officially adopts baby Grogu, and now he's I like Din Grogu, now, Din which Grogu. I'm also confused on. So Din is his surname. Like Chinese people who have their surname is before their sure. Why not their first name? But yet, but it's Bo Bo is not Bo Katan's <laughs> surname. They're also of a different sect. Different cultures uh, have different, and these... they're very clearly they're very clearly different cultures of Mandalorians. As they beat you over the head with that this season. Yes. I think which is good by the way. It was great to see. That was actually a good thing. So I think we all have to acknowledge that Dave Filoni saved the Star Wars universe. Uh um, yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, Go ahead. Okay. This goes Add your dissenting to, opinion. <laughs> this goes back to something I mentioned at the beginning of this. All right. So a segue but related. We'll go for it. Last the last year at work, I have had to do the job of four people because I, I work in a group that services a lot of other groups. I've only had one other person working with me who knows what they're doing, one offshore guy, and they've starved us to resources. I have nine years of backlog of stuff that I'm supposed to do, and I'm overworked, and I feel like I, I, feel like I, I get demotivated a lot, and that means my work suffers. And so you look back at this season of The Mandalorian, and it goes all over the place. It's not up to normal standard we've been expecting from the writers and it feels like there are certain things that very like most writers would have done like they that that one episode that was just like literally just two separate episodes they could have interleaved those scenes from each one of those stories and made it not hit you as hard as oh we're going to take a side trip over to Coruscant for a couple for 40 minutes now there's so, there's and there's a lot of things about this ending that are like, why did he have to adopt him? Because he was already he he was already in training for being a Mandalorian. Everybody already treated him like he was Din Djarin's ward. Because what, it's what, official. Because it's official, and especially in the man. There's one thing we've learned about the character of Din Djarin is he's very much the believer in the way, right? Like they, he's very set in the culture of man of his people, the culture of Mandalore. And this is what you officially do to be accepted into the culture. He didn't just, he isn't just having a kid with him. Like he's really legally, that's like saying you got this kid that you hang out with. Why would you want to officially adopt him? I think if my wife was in this room right now, she'd slap you being the an adopted <laughs> kid. That's a very big thing. When your adopted dad becomes your official dad, that's a thing. That's a moment. So I, I really, like I said, my wife being adopted is very a very big part of my wife's life. And I thought it was cool because of that, because step parents are often painted as kid or evil or misunderstood. Very rarely are they painted as the saviors of lost kids. No, I'm, I'm very familiar with that, that, that kind of thing. Um, that's the best thing. I think that's why this worked really well for me. I think that was good. And again, I agree with you. The third episode does T-bone this season a little bit, but there's always one or two episodes per season that, that do that. And this is just the way it is. And let's look at where we were, Five years ago with the rise of Skywalker, like interest in Star, like Star, we had three movies in a row that were that completely divided the fan base. Star, and we had Solo that did not 
get people's attention. Star Wars was like, the fandom was not in a good place. And I think that by leaning into the contributions Filoni made toward the series prior going into Clone Wars and Rebels, we've brought, there's more goodwill towards Star Wars than there has been since the Disney purchase. Maybe since the Empire Strikes Back, quite frankly. I agree. It just feels they there were a lot of issues with this season that could have been fixed with a little bit of rewriting. And I think it's because Filoni has so much more on his plate. So that the, like your work suffers if you're doing too much. But he's not the right. He's not the only writer of the show. I, like, I know, but it, it, it just seems like they, they're like. <clears throat> and it's also, it's, it's, it's also a case of you don't like it doesn't mean it's bad. It means it oh, didn't I, speak to you. Oh, no, it's a, it's bad for this is like top notch for everybody. But that's what I'm saying. It's like with before he really took the reins of this property, we were not in as good a place. We were not in a fo- as focused a place. True. Look where we were at the end of at the end of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Online, I think the two two of the biggest complaints that I keep seeing over and over again about this season is that episode on Coruscant. It's which which feels like it was put in there to set up something bigger that doesn't really feel like it pays off. Disagree. I disagree. It sets up the whole the spy network that's on Cor- that's on Coruscant and trying to revive the rebellion or trying to revive the Empire. Right. But if it's something that's going to pay off in another Later. thing. Yeah. It's not going to pay off in this show. But, so also, but it also sets up what Moff Gideon was doing, establishing his own clone army. True. That's why they had it. The guy was cloning. They, hired, they well, literally kidnapped a cloner. The other idea is that the reason why Grogu was almost immediately reunited with Din Djarin and it was done in the book of Boba Fett was because of studio interference because they were making too much money off of Grogu, baby Yoda. Because doesn't it seem like this season could have been like half of it could have been interleaved stories of him and Grogu going through their journeys and then finally reuniting at some point near the end. I mean, that would have made a much better story. Then it's one then people it's coming Star- back to the Mandalorian after having skipped yeah, but, that and going, we're the whole back point, together and what happened? The, the whole point of this is to watch the whole thing, though. And again, yeah. thank God they did that in the book of Boba Fett because the book of Boba Fett hit a gigantic roadblock. Like that show was far more all over the place. And also, place. the point of Grogu is that he makes the character of Din Djarin softer. Yes. Gives him his heart. Yes. Like he doesn't have a heart until Grogu comes right. along. Right. But they could have explored that particular point problem with they did with grogu not being there for and i disagree with that completely because like you do lone wolf and cub without the cub that is not the essence of the show like the essence of the show we thought perhaps that's the show we thought we were going to get when they pitched us the mandalorian initially a lot of people thought we were going to get the man with no name in space what we got was lone wolf and cub but now after establishing that for two and a half seasons I don't want to go back to that. Like, I think the dynamic of the father-son dynamic is what makes this show, this particular entry into the Star Wars universe, which is a universe-based, which the big through line through the original, the three trilogies is broken families, yeah. right? It's parents True. and kids that don't, that, that have conflict. This is the story of a father and a son and their love. This is a love story between a father and his kids. Maybe that's why I get so into this and defensive of it is because that's something that speaks to me greatly. And I think that's what makes this thing work is I think that I think the Din Djarin character doesn't work as well without Grogu at this point because he's a more complete character, especially at that season two finale when he takes off the helmet. There's no going back on a character at this point. Yeah. It turned out the book of Boba Fett was weak. (laughs) We needed the Mandalorian to beef up him. The the other complaint 
that I kept seeing is in the seventh episode, the wonky logic of getting the Darksaber back to Bo-Katan. Yeah, see, again, like that could have been handled much better instead but of having to, at the end, I do, don't, uh, oh, given, we've got a loophole. Given how the show ended, I think it was perfect now because the whole point was to show how, because you also remember, like, this is a show that's not necessarily being watched by people who watched Rebels and, or, and saw the history of the Darksaber. Like, they don't know anything about it. Me. So they were showing how wonky their society was where they're basing, like, you're the leader because a woman in a watery tart threw a sword at you. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And I, we, I, we talked and about that before. I said that so, was a problem with their whole society. They were, but it's an it's an intentional just, problem. It's an intentional, an intentional problem. With their problem. So yeah. the best thing they could do to unite everyone at the end was destroy the dark saber. dark saber. Like I love it yeah. because, and that's what's cool about it is because, like they, and that's what I think makes this work. Because yes, oh, we had this wonky logic to get to it. There is wonky logic when it comes to religious artifacts. Look at watch an Indiana Jones movie. The lion, yeah. talk about the, the Holy Grail or the Ark of the Covenant. Like that stuff is, if you're completely outside the Judeo-Christian world, you'd be like, this shit's weird. And then by destroying the Darksaber, by literally having your antagonist crush the thing, you're like, oh, it's all gone. But now you're free, right? Yep. That's yep. a great now, plot. Well, that's a great well, plot device. At least the other Mandalorians, not the not Dinjarin sect, because they never really cared about it. They never cared. He even says it, and he says it. I don't know what a dark saber yep. is, and they address it. So, like, it's built into the story. Is you create these because again, within when you have these splintering, like your your Missouri sided Lutherans versus your American House Lutherans, you get down <laughs> to it, and you're like, this is stupid. Like the stuff we're arguing about is stupid. And that's really what you get down to is the two sects of the Mandalorians had to come together to defeat this insurgent empire that was basically ripping them to, to make this next step and give birth to a new empire. Like I thought it was awesome. I thought it was a great, I thought it was, again, that's what I thought thematically it worked as they played on these things. You're like, that's just illogical. Religion is illogical. And then they showed it. Hey, Religion is illogical. Something they tried to do in the sequel trilogy, but they never quite nailed. They never quite nailed. Like the whole thing with the Jedi text. Remember the whole thing with the Jedi texts getting one on fire and Yoda's yeah. like laughing about it? That didn't work as well as Moff Gideon just breaking the Darksaber. Yeah. This was so much more simple and effective, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I also feel like, in all honesty, and that's one of the biggest issues in my mind with the Rise of Skywalker, not the Rise of Skywalker, the last Jedi, Last Jedi. Is, is that, and they use Luke to beat it over your head through the entire movie about the wonkiness of the Jedi religion. And then they beat you over the head with it over and over again. And then they burn it all at the end. And it was like ridiculous where this is just, the swords there. You can see it going on, but they don't beat you over the head and then breaking at the end. It's like, yeah, that's it. It's over. It's done. It's so much. That's what, this is what I'm talking about is Filoni and John Favreau, phenomenal filmmakers. We all know, they did a much better job. Again, they had more real estate to do with, right? Because yeah. we had this was done over the course of three and a half seasons, and they didn't try to jam pack it into a couple of movies with no focus, which I think is the biggest problem, as we've talked about in the show. The biggest problem with the sequel trilogy was that there was no one guiding the boat. You didn't have a George Lucas saying, okay, this is A, this is B, this is C. How are we going to get there? They were just right. like, you make it was like telephone. It was a game of telephone. You make a movie. Like, we used to do this, this game in class. It's like you write a paragraph and then you turn it to the next guy and he has to write a paragraph and you know, you see what you get. No, I think about making it doing that with a billion dollar franchise, except yeah. Kathleen Kennedy. Right. Yes. 
she thought that was a great idea. Yeah. No. And, and not just have them each write a different thing. Have them each try to retcon One everything the last stuff? person did each yeah. time. Man. It's so weird. The fa- I, It's mind-boggling in retrospect that... And this is why I say that I said what I said about Dave Filoni brought it back because after Rise of Scott, remember we had the failure of Solo and then Josh Trank's movie got killed and Slaya became like that Mary Poppins in space. And like, and I really wanted to like those movies, but after Rise of Skywalker, you couldn't sit back and go, this was one continuous story. The way you could say that about either the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy, at least that was one story with a focus. You might not have liked the story, but it had a focus. This was just like, Star Wars on Ritalin, man. It was weird. Yeah. It's great. Star, it's, Star, it was Star Wars without Ritalin. Ritalin. That you're right. Was you're with, you're right. With, with ADHD. Yeah. Yes, you're correct. Like, I'm so much I'm so much happier to be a Star Wars fan at this point, to the point where I'm going to watch Clone Wars. I'm going to go watch Rebels because I want to know you more. You should. Like, they are awesome. I should. I know. I've been saying this for years. And I thought about this last night after I finished watching Mando. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go back. And it's just, it's a lot of episodes. 133. That's so many, that's so many shows. But I think that if I sit and watch over the Andy, we've watched a ton of Teen Titans go. Maybe we can channel that into the Clone Wars. Yep. So I'm in, they got me. I'm excited. I'm more excited <laughs> about Star Wars than I have been in a while. And I'm happy about it. I personally, I still think that the, it could have been, or the, the story this season could have been organized a bit better. Um, could be. I mean, like, some of the, but it's still, I oh. don't not like it. So yeah, it's art. You could always, art is in the eye of the beholder. There's always things that are going to work better for A than they work for B, right? There's things that are going to appeal to people. Some people, you and I have different ideas of what, of what works. Like I'm always about the emotion, right? But so for me, it's always going to be about the character beats. It's always going to be about the character moments. I know you like the logic progression to make those things make sense. Well, it's always like the emo- artist. I'm- yeah. Yeah, and I like the emotion too, though. If it doesn't have emotion, I'm not going to like it. Like, oh, for sure. Even why How to Train Your Dragon is one of my favorite movies of all time. Tons, but, absolute tons. Yeah. Hey, sorry, Dave. I was going to say I had a question. Now that we've all watched the whole thing, and I don't think we really talked about the guest cameos that were in the show, especially the two big ones, Jack Black and Lizzo. Oh yeah. Did that? What did you guys think of the of those? And did Lizzo needs acting lessons? I thought she was okay. She was know. okay, but she needs. She wasn't like. Eh. But it was nice to see her. And Jack Black was Jack Black, and he's Jack Black. Awesome. So I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I don't listen to that kind of music. So I, and I don't really follow it. So I didn't know that was Lizzo until I saw people complaining about it online, and I'm like, I thought she was fine. I think people just don't like her, so they were like. No, she's got a, there's a huge bunch of chads that are like, they do. There's a bunch of people that don't like her for really stupid reasons, but she's, she also has a huge following. She's an amazing artist. Confession. I knew of Lizzo before this show. I had never heard a Lizzo song. And then I heard that one recently that a to be loved or something like that. And I'm like, Oh, it sounds like it's from 1988. I like it. That's all. That was my experience with Lizzo. I know she plays a flute. That's all I had. So going into this, I had nothing. Yeah. I knew nothing. So for me, but, I was like, yeah, she was fine. But we all, in contrast, know Jack Black. Hard not to know Jack Black. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I was afraid it was going to pull me out. But like, I think he's in it so little that it doesn't really affect you. He wasn't being, to me, he wasn't being Jack Black. I think he was trying. I think he was very happy to be in Star Wars and yeah. was not scenery chewing as much as Jack Black normally does. Yeah. Like he's he clearly Jack Black, but he wasn't like he normally makes a meal of it. 
Yeah, exactly. That's great, actually. Yeah, I, did, I felt like he was, I feel like this is the most restrained Jack Black I've seen since the cable. Well, guy. I also thought it was funny because, like, the other thing I kept seeing online is, and of course, the biggest star in your guest star in your show ends up to be the villain. Who didn't see that coming? And it's just like, I don't know. I didn't really see it coming, but it makes sense. Oh, Christopher Chris, Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. It's yeah. Judge Doom, man. Of course he was the villain. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that it was. Honestly, that episode was weird, but I think they pulled it together in the end. Because oftentimes yeah. this show can off... It, it's oftentimes the adventures of Din and Grogu, where they it does have a lot of times where they're just in an adventure of the week. And I, yeah, and I feel like that's the whole thing. When you you're want to do at least eight episodes, and you're going to have to pad it a little bit. And that's what this was. Thing. Yeah, it was, but I think I guess stuff because again, I think you get a lot of good character stuff between the two of them there, and I like seeing them in. I enjoy seeing two of them specifically intermingle with different people. Yeah. Remember the Frog Lady episode a couple of seasons ago? That was where, one of the best, though. Yeah, but that was the same thing. That was it. Just a T-bone, the main arc of the story, but yeah, it was a good yeah. story, so it's okay. Yep. I think this was that was that one remind this one reminded me of that one. Remember when people were freaking out about Grogu eating the frogs and eating the eggs? Yeah. People were like losing it about that. That He's was too many genocide. He's, there was that was a take on Twitter for a week. Was that baby yep. Grogu was committing genocide? And that point, I was like, the plague. I almost said the pandemic has gotten to I, us all. <laughs> We've all and, lost our grip. And what's your point? I already told you I like Grogu. Maybe just made me like him more. Anyway, oh. <laughs> ouch. That's just fun. I can't wait for Ahsoka. Oh, yeah. Ahsoka is going to be. Mu- I'm hoping that it's going to be way better than we're going like- to get a. This well, is because we're going to go live action rebels reunion, I think, in this show. Yeah, because we've already seen all the characters, you know, it, it with the exception of Ezra. We've seen everybody else. That's still a lot. But the thing is, yeah, I mean, that that's going to pull from a lot of history. So if you watch Rebels and you watch Clone Wars, you're going to especially Rebels, you're going to get a real treat. This is going this is going to be a huge five course meal. It's going to be awesome. I am so curious how they're going to do it without. Are they going to assume people have seen at least Rebels, or are they going to be able to do it in a way where you have no idea who these characters are, but they're going to explain it enough so you understand? That's the problem. That's the problem with how they handled it with this season of Mandalorian was all the history and stuff that of the Mandalorians, the different sects, their relationship to each other, Bo Katan, what she's done. It's like the way they introduced her and the Mandalorians. It's again, it's what we keep coming back to show, don't tell. But a lot of what we learned about the Mandalorians was just offhand comments because mm-hmm. they didn't show us. They were just, they were telling us because they didn't take the time to fill us in naturally. How do you so, do that? Though? How do you, I mean, I disagree with that. How do you, you can do that in a book, right? How do you, well, I, remember getting, I think they we did got a, a lot of dumps. I agree. We got, lot, we got a lot of dumps towards the end, like the, especially with Bo Katan's history with with the Mandalorians and what happened to her. It, all, all she did was explain it. The last episode, or what, two episodes? The last that, episode. Sometimes yeah, that's explain. okay. That's okay. Like you can have, char- characters well, can monologue. Characters can talk. Characters can explain their past. I, I, I know, but. Geez, it's, that's such what a, she explained though was how Moff Gideon got the Darksaber, which was never shown in the, in the no. TV shows. So yeah, so she was. The, that was filling in a gap of how did he end up with it? I know, but it was filled. It was it could have been something that was mentioned before, like when Din Djarin was talking to the what's her face, the the who the woman in the forge. Damn it, the armor. 
Yeah, the armor. When he was talking to the armor. But there, and there's another time when all we did was get a big dump of what. Oh, yeah, but that was on the. Was it the armor told Dinjarin about Bo-Katan? But that happened in the book of Boba Fett. So if you haven't watched that, you even missed that data dump. But it doesn't it's, matter because they want. That's a. That's we talked about with Marvel. That's the design. They don't want you to skip stuff. They want you. This is one book. This is a yeah. novel. They want you to read all the chapters of the novel. The novel is called Star Wars. I know. Right? They I want know. and they don't want you to they don't want you to imbibe it like this. They want you to be like Marvel where again we're on Iron Man chapter 43 at this point. It just felt like it was it just didn't feel like it flowed. Like every time they needed to inform you of something about her past, they informed you in a in just exposition. Would you, would you have preferred a flashback? Yeah. I disagree. Yeah. I find see I find flashbacks to be more I've done in movies and television. I find the flashback to be more of a T-bone to a story than just characters in conversation because I think that's a lot I think that's a lost not, art in writing today is having characters talk and express their emotions and like, talk about who they are and make keep it interesting. I was going to say the only way you can do that in my opinion and it does but then people were going to say a T-bone this season is you can't do a flashback here and a flashback there you'd have to do a whole flashback episode to the night of a thousand tears and show that all of that stuff and then people would have been complaining oh that that's so weird it took me out of yeah but they they didn't even have to do that they could just they could literally have just mentioned they've got all these artifacts and all these MacGuffins around with the dark saber and everything it's like they people could have mentioned it before i know you guys don't feel the same way i just felt like the writing was much weaker this time around I'm not saying it was bad. You should still go see it. And then you should watch Clone I Wars think, and, and Rebels for the upcoming Ahsoka because it's just totally worth it. I will say this. I think the one thing it suffered from is one of the things that some Marvel have complained about. I feel like they were forced to put a couple things in to set up upcoming projects. And like what about, again, is that force forces when Kevin Feige did it in Avengers, the Ultron one? Where you're the story. Yeah. I think if you're laying out breadcrumbs to continue a moving story, you're just continuing to move the story and you're like giving hints of what's coming next. Like, all right, that's to be expected at these things at this point. Mm. Okay, I won't disagree. <laughs> I will, but I won't say it out loud. Uh, all right, I don't know what else we can say. I think we're both, uh, both. I think all three of us are excited. <laughs> For, wow, for already Cal- shutting me, huh? <laughs> oh, no, I know you're excited for Ahsoka, and I know you're going to Oh, hell yeah, that's going to be awesome. You'll be first in line to see the movies. Yep. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. So I'm glad that JD's excited about Star Wars again. Yeah, I'm now, excited to be excited about Star Wars Now, now we need to find something to get him excited about Marvel again. Put out something good, and I'm on board. All well, right. We'll see the upcoming stuff. A- you know what broke me? Werewolf by Night. Werewolf by Night was when I was finally, you know what? I think I've had it. That still blows my mind. I thought that would be the one mm. that would get you back. I thought Me that too. one would. I wanted to talk to you about that because I thought that was just your wheelhouse. I thought that oh, was like everything was. you've been looking for. It was everything I was looking for, and they didn't deliver. That's what really got. And me. I think they did. It just felt so weird. That, I know. That I, we both feel. I think our roles are reversed. Oh, I know. Just didn't do it for me. Huh. Final Star Wars thing. Oh, what else we got? The, I've been thinking about this. I feel the sequel trilogy was a reflection of the original trilogy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Each mo- like, like, like I didn't think about it. I didn't think about it until the other day because I said it about Dude, Rise of 
Last Jedi and Empire Strikes Back are basically the same movie in a lot of ways. Obviously, New Hope and Force Awakens is a Death Star ragtag team. But yeah, even the Rise of Skywalker and Return of the Jedi, it's like a lot of the same beats. I'm like, really? Oh, yeah. The more you think about, the more time you spend thinking about the sequel trilogy, the more it falls apart. Yeah. And again, I was a defender when those movies came out. But when you view them together, they really fall apart. And again, I think that, I think having these last couple projects be successful has just shined a bigger light on it. And it when only have, takes about five minutes for it to fall apart. Really. It does. When you, have, when you have Palpatine come back in the scroll. Man, that bothered me so much. That bothered me so much. Talk about a lack of effort. Talk about a lack of effort. The fact that mm-hmm. nobody said, really, we're going to bring him back in the crawl? We're not even going to explain this? That is an info. That is just, that is half-assed. They yeah. actually brought him back in Fortnite. <laughs> they, what? That's, in Fortnite, they had a new season of Fortnite, and I if I remember correctly, it was it, like there was mention of him in Fortnite because they'll do cross promotion in Fortnite uh, it, it, during the seasons. And like they, he was mentioned in Fortnite. Just look up that Star Wars in Fortnite. And you, it was just, yeah. So he that was, was the first time we heard that he was back. So I do think I'll have a, a rant video coming out about that shortly. And you know what? what? I think if you're watching this right now, if you want to make sure that hit that subscribe button, Click that bell for notifications. You will not miss a moment of our stuff over on YouTube. Speaking of Star Wars and Marvel stuff, you guys hear about Adam Driver? Yeah, he's in talks. That's rumors, though. He's in talks to be in the Fantastic Four movie. I had a debate on some of my fighting buddies. They're all like, oh, he's going to be up for Reed. I said, I think he would be better. Doom. Doom. Yeah, thank you. And be like, oh, you're just saying that because he played Kylo Ren. I said, no, I'm saying it because he has this weird voice that would be awesome for Dr. Doom. And he plays detached and arrogant remarkably well. Yeah. I've, like, if you've seen any other movies with him in it, yeah, he, correct. he plays, plays detached and arrogant very well. And that'd be perfect for Doom. It would also yeah. be good because I've heard Reed. that he's nice. He's good. I mean, he's an actor. He's good. At yeah, it. it would be good. Oh, for he's Reed really too, good. He's I, awesome, I, right? yeah. he's I mean, good for I think, Reed, but yeah, you I know think what? everyone wants the other thing. I think yeah. he'd be like, I just, the idea of him as Doom is Krasinski, too, because right? everyone wants Krasinski. Yeah. I, and I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know why they teased us with it, and it's so weird. But I think that Driver is Doom is too intriguing to just let go of. Yeah, I agree. Too bad Please Ray's think. not here. Can't speak it into existence. Oh, that's true. Ray, if you're listening, <laughs> just send me a tweet so we could get me on your show or something. We need to make this happen. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely cars. agree, Doom. That's, that, He'd be great as Doom. Yeah. yeah. He would be a great Doom. He'd work. Definitely. All right. On that note, guys, let's see. You got any, let's wrap this thing up. You got any recommendations or did you learn anything on the podcast this week? John, you can go first. All right. New season of anime is up, so I'm going to make two recommendations. One is Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch from Mercury, which is... That's a cool title. Yeah. Gundam is like a whole franchise. Oh, I know. I've tried. I've talked about trying to get into Gundam and being like super lost. This... I don't know. You. This would be a good... Oh, I'm done. I'm not even going to try. Okay. I've waved well, the, the flag on Gundam. No, this would be... A, this is... They played this... It's almost a good introduction to it. Like, <laughs> new people walking in, this would be a good place to say, oh, that's Gundam. Right. And How do I watch it? Says, uh, Crunchyroll. You go to Crunchyroll. And the other thing is... Was it Stone... Oh, God damn it. I'm gonna, I, people are yelling at me from... Dr. Stone. Oh, yeah. You talked about that one. Yeah. Dr. Stone Season 2 is up. And 
I've seen breakdowns from scientists on YouTube going over the science of Dr. Stone, and they're all like, this is pretty damn accurate. It's uh, going to get to the point where we're going to have a, a, a the same kind of situation we had, what, 30 years ago with MacGyver, right? Where they had to tell the people writing MacGyver to stop telling kids exactly what chemicals to put together to make a bomb. Because everything they show on that is real. So it's like, it's perfect. It teach ki teaches kids science and it's a really interesting storyline. Yeah. All I know is my son loves the show too. Yeah. It is really good. Cool. How about you, JD? I learned that if Don, our buddy Don, was adopted by the Mandalorian, he would be Din Don Daniels. <laughs> Very interesting. All righty. And I'm going to recommend the Mandalorian. I think it's absolutely excellent. I'm going to read some comics tonight. I'm excited. Way behind on that. Cool. Hopefully cool. I can recommend them. We'll see. Cool. I learned that if John doesn't really have something to complain about, he'll just find anything to rip a show apart. I... <laughs> I also learned that if chat GPT can stroke JD's ego, he wants scary. it to, he wants it to rule the universe. It's it's scary how much it just completely stroked my ego like that. Like I got felt really good. I'm like, ooh, that's how they get you. It makes <laughs> you feel good. And then they conquer everybody and you feel great about it. And then you look around and your cats have probes coming out of their heads because the AI have taken over. And then you're done. I'm also, I'm going to make a recommendation that I haven't read yet. I'm going to recommend you run out and check out Destiny New York before it comes to the small screen near you, because I'm going to go check it out. And we're going to have Pat on the show to talk about it. Oh, last week of the Wolfstone Saga sale is going on this weekend. So 99 uh, cents per book. Pick that up. Cool. There you go. Help out a friend. This guy. Yeah. Yep. yeah teachers don't make <laughs> a lot of money, so. Not a lot. We don't pay We're okay. Enough. We don't pay them enough, but if you've been around for a long time, you can do all right, but you got to stick around. And let me tell you yeah. something, it's hard between the kids and the kids aren't the hard part. Sometimes, sometimes it's colleagues that make you want to go crazy. So, or the I'm, parents. Oh, mostly the parents. Mostly the parents. I will also recommend that you hit that subscribe button. Click that bell for notifications. Head on over to superheroespeak.com where you can find this podcast every week comic book reviews by our good friend christian links to all our social media at the top of the page and so much more so yeah and on that note boys and girls as always thanks for watching or listening and don't let your cape go out the door have a good week 